From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden visit with Michelle Haynes, a swing dancer, fitness instructor, and entrepreneur from Houston, Texas. If you can't count on the rhythm, if you can't stay on beat, I cannot be in your class. <laughs> because there are so many times when I'm like, oh my gosh, I wanted to, <laughs> this is so terrible. I just want to be like, get out of the way, I'm going to teach your class for you. <laughs> um, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got this. Michelle Haynes is a veteran of the competitive swing dancing community both in Houston and at the national level, and about two years ago turned her enthusiasm for dance, movement, and teaching into an entrepreneurial venture, opening Kosama, a group fitness gym. Joe and Kevin sat down with Michelle to discuss her beginnings in swing dancing and how her passions evolved into her new business. Here's Joe, followed by Michelle. Let's maybe just talk about swing dancing. How did you get into swing dancing? Um, so I actually always wanted to dance, but, um, some of us all have that calling, (laughs) (laughs) but my parents were, you know, much more prioritized academics. And so I never did that in college at A&M. Um, some friends and I discovered the Aggie swing dance crew and we went and started taking lessons there. And when I graduated, I was the first one of all the friends to graduate. I came back to Houston and I'm like sitting in my apartment by myself going, this is boring and I need to go (laughs) find something to do. Uh, Pulled open one of those leisure learning magazines. Oh, right. And they had all these like crazy classes in there. And I'm like, Learn how the underwater basket weaves. Right, exactly. Underwater basket weaving, swing dancing, you know? So um, I decided, what do I have to lose? It's for one month. Let me go check it out. Maybe I'll meet some new people, get some exercise. It'll be fun. And that was in 98. And this is, uh, this was East Coast Swing, which was, um, yeah, Yeah. the type of swing dancing they did in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And this was right when, I don't know if you guys remember the Gap commercials that had like the swing dancing in it. So I hit it right at like the swing dance revival of the late 90s. Yeah. From there, I discovered West Coast Swing. Oh my. Uh, West Coast Swing is a much more modern dance. And in Houston, the Houston version, which I actually learned first, is called Houston Whip. Ooh, whoa. The Houston Whip uh, originated in blues bars hmm. back in the day. And so back then, it was primarily danced to blues music. Today, it's everything R&B, hip hop, soul pop music, rock and roll, country. Huh. It's danced to everything. Wow. And uh, so uh, then there was, there was no looking back. I loved the music. <laughs> then after that, I started competing. And uh, yeah. So what, what was your first competition like of like getting from the practice to, you know, and now it's, wow, we're really doing this. So huh? um, the first competition I entered was called a Jack and Jill. So the Jack and Jill you basically draw for a partner on the spot. Whoa. You don't know what kind of music you're gonna get. It's DJ's choice. Holy cow. So you don't know who you're gonna dance with. You don't know what music you're getting and you basically have to partner up and do choreography on the fly. 
Needless to say, I was not very good. (laughs) (laughs) At this point in time, I think I'd been doing West Coast Swing about a year. And on the social floor, everyone's like, oh, you're so great. You should, you should go compete. But, you know, I'd never taken a competition class or anything. And I'm like, I'm so great. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to rip it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite the learning experience. But I was hooked. I was wow. like, okay, I am going to practice. I'm going to take lessons. I'm going to learn how to do this. Wow. I really, really enjoyed it. What was it about competing that really excited you? When did you really dig into that? I think I discovered in college that I kind of have a competitive spirit. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there should be air quotes on that. <laughs> competitive spirit? Or? Little air quote, unquote, competitive spirit. I mean, I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah. My, my friends called me out on it a few times. Uh-huh. Like, Chill out. Um, you know, I liked using competition as a way to improve as a way to grow in the dance, mm-hmm. learning new things, not just about the dance, but also about myself, both physically and mentally. Especially when I was doing like my last rising star routine, for that one, we were making a concerted effort to really up our game, so we started traveling. Mm-hmm. So we were traveling all over the US to compete, because we knew we were good in Texas. Sure. It was like, let's see what else is out there. So we're traveling for all these competitions, and those of us who were doing the routines, because there's so few of us who actually do routines, it became this camaraderie mm-hmm. amongst us. I mean, we were competing against each other, but we were also rooting for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I wanted to win, but if they won, it was cool. We were gonna congratulate them. They did an awesome job. They beat us that day. Mm-hmm. You know, so it wasn't like, you know, I wanted to stomp all of them or whatever. It's like, these were some really cool people and we were all learning from each other. I remember the first time we went out and I refer back to the Michigan one because that was like a big first time competition outside of the region for us. And there were um, a lot of super high level champion dancers at that event. And so just being kind of exposed to all of that in person, because it's seen the videos, but I'd never seen a lot of these in person. And then we're, um, we have these early morning floor tryouts uh, before your competition that night. So your competition, you may be competing at 10 p.m. Your floor tryouts are at 7 a.m. It's a long day. <laughs> Got to find time for a nap in there. Seriously. Lots of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so we're all bleary-eyed, retired. A lot of us have flown in the day before. You know, maybe there's a little bit of jet lag. And we're all there at 7 a.m. to get our bodies trying to move but at the same time we're like oh you know who did your choreography oh who did your oh that's awesome I want to see your routine you know how many times have you competed and I loved the camaraderie and getting to know everybody and just everyone just kind of pushing each other to get better and improve yeah it's amazing I know in my life there's been a couple of times like I think about uh, architecture school there was a, a group of us in studio and we had built that camaraderie and it's like, yeah, we were all competitive. We all wanted our project to be a little bit better than the next person's, but we were all working together because in the, and, and in the end, I think we were all better for it. We all had better designs and, mm-hmm. and that, and there's Pushing been each other. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think Kevin and I, we, we talked about that with, you know, architecture in Houston. We, it's like, we're kind of competitive, but not aggressive. We're, you know, in trying to build that camaraderie and make friends and, how can we all be better architects and better at what we're passionate about? And uh, yeah, that camaraderie makes a big difference. Absolutely, yeah. 
Oh, and the other thing about that competition, they had a big prize too. <laughs> First place was a thousand bucks. Wow, nice. So, yeah, we won that one. It was good. Whoa, yeah, yeah, all right. Wow, yeah, way to go. So uh, maybe that's why it stands out. <laughs> well, there's that. There's, there's that. Yeah. There's that. There's that. So you were big in this dance and dancing and competing, and now your life has kind of evolved now, and now you're a fitness coach and run your own Kasama Fitness Studio. What, uh, what's that been like? Oh, my goodness. I have learned so much <laughs> <laughs> about myself, hmm. about being a business owner, hmm. about being uh, a boss, um, about teaching, uh, oh man, so many things. So, uh, basically, uh, how, how we got into it, um, I was working at MD Anderson at the time and they had opened up an employee gym hmm. and it just so happened to be in the same building that I was in. Like I just nice. had to walk downstairs, yeah. like Easy. no excuse, yeah. none. And it was free. And so I, I started checking out the different classes there um I started with Zumba and I was fortunate to have a really really good instructor for my first class Mm -hmm. he was energetic he had good rhythm he could dance and I was like I like this I like this you know and he was cute so I'm like all right that helps I can I can do this so I started doing that a friend of mine came with me we had a whole lot of fun and then um then there were some other classes, nightclub cardio, hip-hop fitness. So I'm like, all these dance-related ones. Let me try them all out. Um, some were better than others. For me, it's, <laughs> and it's not that the format of the classes were bad. They were all good. I mean, all the classes were packed. They were very, very popular. But with my background, like, if, if your dance, if your fitness choreography does not work for me, <laughs> here's where the snob comes out. Um, I just didn't feel the chemistry. This is a waltz. <laughs> if you... Who? You're trying to do swing moves to a waltz with the kettlebell? It yeah. makes no sense. You cannot kickbox yeah. to this. Basically, yes. Like, if you can't count on the rhythm if you can't stay on beat I cannot be in your class because there were so many times when I'm like oh my gosh I wanted to this is so terrible I just want to be like get out of the way I'm gonna teach your class for you I got this I got I got this I mean that was about the time when I was like oh maybe I should get certified in this you know I've been teaching dance for a while I'm used to being up in front of people and teaching them choreography I could probably do this so I kind of like was rolling around in my mind I talked to Trent about it and he's like you should go for it and I kept you know hemming and hawing or whatever so we looked at all these different franchises um, through a franchise consultant, stumbled upon Kosama, and I was like, Trent, this is awesome. We can do this. He's like, are you serious? Like fitness? What are you, what are you talking about? Most guys think of group fitness as, you know, jazzercise or <laughs> step aerobics or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 this is something you'll really like. You know, it's strength. It's intense. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up in this direction, wow. you know, because I thought, Group classes. We've been teaching group classes for years. Right. This yeah. is still group classes. Mm-hmm. I am still teaching choreography to music. Mm-hmm. I just don't have to stay on the beat of the music anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? But, you know, I'm still teaching movement mm-hmm. with a music background. Mm-hmm. And healthy movement. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. What are, what are some of your bigger challenges? Oh boy. Um, I think our biggest challenge has been getting our name out there and um, really getting people to understand what we have to offer here. When we first opened, the, the sign that faces Derry Ashford, originally all that said was Kosama. The person who made our sign did not put the group fitness part on there. <laughs> and so, of course, everyone thinks we're maybe some Japanese steakhouse or <laughs> something so like it's that. A new, it's a ramen place. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Noodles, Lo- noodles. Lots of good noodle places around here. Coffee bar? I don't. <laughs> um, and we have a lot of competition. There's, there's a lot of other fitness places in the area, all different kinds. I mean, there's LA Fitness 24 hour as well as other boutique gyms. Um, And there's a big uh, community athletic center down the street. Um, There's lots of competition and just sort of getting people to figure out what we have to offer here and what makes us different. Um, I think we're getting there now. You know, we're starting to, the referrals are starting to come in. How long has, has it been open? Again? We've been open about a year and a half. We opened in August of 2016. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So still pretty new. Still pretty new. Yeah. It, um, I think Joe and I have, we've found it too. It's just kind of, you know, we're almost reaching two years ourselves and still learning, still learning a lot. Uh, Lots to learn. Yep. So much. Yep. <laughs> yep. But have learned a lot. Yeah. In the beginning, when we first opened, when, you know, a lot of the classes were empty and nobody knew about us yet and and just sit here and like, oh man, did we make a mistake? (laughs) But then I think about, people would ask me this, would you rather be back in your cubicle before Mm -hmm. sitting in those gray walls, listening to doctors yell at you because they think, you know, you work for them directly? (laughs) (laughs) You know, doing the same thing that you've been doing for the last 12 years. Like, is that what you want to do? It's like, no. Today, was it worth it? Yes. Two years ago, going through all of that, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) But again, when I see our little community here coming together, when I'm seeing people making such amazing progress, that's my favorite part, right? Getting to interact with everybody. Um and seeing them grow and them becoming more than just a client Mm -hmm. you know like these are cool people Mm -hmm. i like them i consider them part of my friend community can you speak to if someone wanted to get more into dancing or more into fitness or just for our listeners who want to follow their passion and quit their cubicle job and follow their own dreams for somebody who wants to get into dance the first thing i would say is figure out what your favorite kind of music is what kind of music makes you want to tap your feet makes you want to get out of your chair and move because there's probably a dance for it okay if your favorite music is country great tons of two-step polka lessons you can find all over the place in Houston. I mean, we're in Texas, of course, right? (laughs) Um, If you're into big band music, if you're into uh, international music, um, yeah, we can find a dance class for you. Nice. Okay, so that's an easy question. Yes. I like that one. I like like that. (laughs) How to get into fitness. It depends on what you like to do. Some people love running. Great. 
I am not a runner, (laughs) (laughs) but I understand why people love that. People love biking, people love canoeing, people love all kinds of things, right? Find what makes you feel good because that's the only way you're going to stick to it. Then you got to think about what your goals are. Are you looking to get leaner? Are you looking to get stronger? Are you looking because you want more energy, you know? So you really got to look at what your goals are. And then you can start looking in your community and figuring out what's going to work for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, how do you get into fitness? Start small. Like, just try stuff out and see what you like. The, the main thing is, is, like, you have to find something that you like. Don't just, don't just strike off, oh, I can't do fitness or I can't work out because you tried one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, try some different things until you find something that you like. Mm-hmm. And then people following their dreams. Oh, following your dreams, man, as you guys know, that one's tough, right? Mm. You really have to be clear headed about what you want. Um, you know, the dream can't just be, I want to get rich because that's not going to get you anywhere. You have to really think about what do I want to do? What makes me excited? What's my passion? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes me think of this one experience. So I talked about the, the gym at uh, my last job. They were doing um, this little series where people were coming in to talk and they were looking for speakers. Um, somebody had told them that I did dance on the side. Hmm. And so they approached me about talking about dance as a form of fitness. And so I did my little speech of course, my coworkers and my boss came to watch. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but it was great. But, you know, my boss, who also happened to be a friend of mine, sat me down afterwards and she's like, I have never seen you come alive as much as you did when you were doing that speech and doing your dance. Hmm. Like any of the projects, she's like, you do great work for me, but I don't see that passion. You know, and, and it was always this conundrum for her. She's like, how can you do such a good job at what you do, but you're not passionate about it? I'm like, I just happen to be good at it. And I'm, I mean, you know, I'm reliable and I have integrity and I'm going to do the best that I can wherever I am. But mm-hmm. I was, you know, the worker bee doing mm-hmm. all the regulatory and compliant paperwork. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> it's important, obviously, mm-hmm. but it was like not my passion, especially mm-hmm. not in the confines of gray cubicle How walls. How can you not get excited about I compliance know. paperwork and triplicate? Well, let me tell you about FDA code 46.105. No. Um, <laughs> 10.5. I love it. <laughs> and, and that was like the first hint in my mind back then that okay I'm gonna do this a little bit longer because it's stable it pays the bills it has good benefits it it allows me the freedom to travel to these dance events Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but something's gonna have to change Mm -hmm. and Trent had talked to me for years about opening up a business and it wasn't until Kosama that I was like we can do this I can see myself doing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the it's not easy following your dreams. I mean, you definitely have to sit down and I mean, there's a checklist. Unfortunately, it's not like I dream it and it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to you have to have reality in there as well. And did that answer your question? Yeah. It went off. Very <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like what you said about working your passion 
Like it's not, it's one thing to have, to have a passion, but to, to really fulfill it, to make it grow or to allow it to grow, you really have to work it, you You know, you You have have to, to. and there's a sense that it's, it's not always quote unquote fun all the time, you know, that it's, it's, you know, you have to want to, you know, have it grow, you know, you have to want to be you know, see through the, the times when it's difficult to, oh, yeah. um, to get to the, to get to the other side. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you got to cross all your T's and dot all the I's and do what you got to do. This has been awesome. Thanks yeah, so much for taking the time and talking with us. Have a lot of fun. fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Have a hashtag Kosama strong day. For more information on Michelle and Kosama, visit Kosama. That's K-O-S-A-M-A dot com backslash Houston. Groupon specials available and unlimited and limited memberships available for classes that run Monday through Saturday. A special thanks goes out to our guest, Michelle Haynes, to our interviewers extraordinaire, Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden, and to everyone out there enjoying season two of Spork in the Road podcast. This episode was written, produced, edited, narrated, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects and season one and season two of Spork in the Road podcast, visit riversbarden.com.